Freedom is attached to truth, not belief. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. For some of us, there is freedom on the other side of shifting a belief to knowing truth. Sometimes the fighting for what we believe is the enemy from receiving the truth. Some of us have believed something for such a long time that God says, will you place your beliefs right now in my hands and say, Father, if there's anything I believe that is not truth with you, reveal it. His Spirit will lead us into all truth. Because God's desire for you and me is freedom. Amen. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom. There's people in this room right now, and I know they've been praying, but I just feel by the Spirit, if you want that greater freedom, hey, join me, lift your hands. Father, right now we surrender every belief. We place it in your hands and say, Father, would you identify what is truth, what is not? And may we know the truth so that the truth will set us free. Today in this place, we desire truth in our inward parts. We don't desire desire knowledge in our minds, but we desire truth in our inward parts. Father, this is the day You've made. We do rejoice and celebrate who You are. Thank you for every person in this room. And I pray that you will be the spirit of wisdom and revelation to them today. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see. As Sarah said, shift from this natural perspective to that spiritual perspective, God. We're asking that you do not come down just to meet with us where we are, but that you lift us up to be where you are. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Father, may we have a deeper spiritual revelation of You and of truth today. Thank You, Father. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. God bless you. It is a joy and privilege to be back with you all again. Uh, this is a third meeting for us this morning. We've been to, what, what direction is the other campus? We'll go north. We'll go north. It's north from somewhere. And uh, we've had a great time. I'm looking forward to downloading. Um, what's the na- What's your names? Sorry? Arman and Shawnee. If I said that wrong, I apologize. Father just spoke to me during worship and said he's taking you from barrenness to fruitfulness. Can I just release it over you? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, there's things that have been birthed by the Spirit that you thought were buried. And God says, I'm removing that which hindered it and bringing life today. Do it, Lord. It's time to dream again, man of God. Okay, it's time to dream again. It's time to run again together. 
fruitfulness. Boom. God likes people. Some of us don't, but God does. God likes people and he invites us to like them too. Amen. Have I said it's good to be back? Okay, great. I wasn't sure which it's good to be back. I think there's an invitation from Father. Hmm. I, I, I've got a heavy, not weight, sorry, weighty, not heavy negative, but weighty. You know the difference? God never puts heavy, but he does put weighty. And I think in our lives sometimes we skim along the surface and God wants to add some weight spiritually. The Bible even talks about moving us from the milk to the meat. Paul actually said to some people, by now you should be teaching and yet you're still just on the milk. There's a weightiness that sometimes God wants to bring. And sometimes we miss out on the weighty that God wants to not only bring to us, but really bring through us because we say, not me, I can't. And I want to release life and power and a sense of expectation and vision over every single one of you here today. Can I do that? Is that okay, Jay? Come on, there's more, there's more, there's more. With God, there's always more. You might say, I'm sick of hearing that in church, there's more. But hang on, God Almighty is God Almighty and He's always doing something else. Come on, I'm glad of that. I'm glad that He hasn't gone on holiday, put a gone fishing sign on the front door of heaven and said for the next two weeks, Steve, you're on your own. Man, I'm glad. Aren't we glad? But I think he, he says, I want to lift you up a bit more to see from my perspective rather than just come down and bring clarity to your perspective. Sometimes we just want the clarity to come to what's in our mind rather than be renewed in our mind to actually see as he sees and hear what he wants to say. And sometimes we're stuck in the here and now. Sometimes we're stuck in the moment, focused on the moment, and God wants to lift our vision to beyond today, maybe to the next year, the next decade. Some of us are in survival mode today, and God says, I know what you're going through today, but I want to lift your vision to, uh, here's the word of the Lord. Come on, we're talking about 2030 today. This is about God depositing and saying some things today for 2030. You might say, I can't think that far ahead. I want to tell you that God Almighty is the one that's authoring 2030. And I want to remind you, He's been around forever and ever and ever. So 10 years, 11 years is not really that long to God. And remember, He's there now. And I think He just wants to deposit something in us. Some of us have this thought, I feel God's just so speaking to me right now that I need to get through this so that I can see that. And God says, no, I need you to see that. And then maybe we'll walk through this. Sometimes we're stuck in the present because we don't have anything for the future. Our future is just, I've got to get through this. 
and mankind, it's, it's, it's in our DNA today, today, today. And I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to the, the man in Acts chapter 3, the lame man outside the temple gate beautiful, where he's begging for money, he's paralysed, he can't get anything, he can't get work, he has nothing to eat. He needs to rely on people just to get food, to live and survive today. And he's asking for money. And Peter and John come towards the gate beautiful and they notice him and they say, what you're asking for, we do not have. Sometimes the, the need that is the present need is not the greatest need. And he says, what you're asking for, I don't have but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And rather than just meeting his need for today, he gave him a hope and a future. And I think God wants to come and give you a hope and a future, not just something for today. And sometimes it is a casting something before us so we can walk towards it, not just be fixated here. The reality is if you put your hand in front of your face, that's all you can see. But if, I, if someone was, please don't do it, someone was to take my hand from here and put it up at the back of the room, um, uh, it's like just lost in the background there. Sometimes we need to remove what is up closest. God wants to get our attention on some things. And what Father has given me uh, for today is eight statements and uh, believe it or not, I got through them in the first and the second. Eight statements. I don't have quite so much confidence in this meeting, but, but it's so important that I, I'm going to do it. And um, I will do it. But before I do it, I just feel gripped. I did it in the first and second, but I was going to move on, but Father says don't. In the night I was awakened, Father, dropped into my spirit, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Is that good news? If this is good news, feel free to talk to me. And yeah. uh, Come on, I'm just going to sit right here. But, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Some of us, your success, your freedom, your sense of fulfillment is actually laying down your plans and discovering God's plans. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. In John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy the harm. But Jesus Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. Come on, that's the prospering, that's the hope, that's the future. Never confuse what God is doing and what the enemy is doing. God brings life, the enemy takes life. Never confuse the two. But I'm gripped by where it says, don't you know the plans I have for you, for you. Here's the Word of the Lord for some of you and I pray just resonates in your spirit. Any view that you have of God that is different to God being for you is incorrect. He says, I, do, you know the, the, do you not know the plans I have for you? For you. Romans 8, if God is for you, who can be against you? Everyone say, God is for me. Say it again, God is for me. I want to speak it as the Word of the Lord. God is for you. Man, the circumstances may have been against you. That person may be against you, have been against you. The, the questions and, and the cloudiness in your mind may have been against you. The enemy may have been against you, but God has never been against you a day in your life. 
Some of us have misdiagnosed what is against us and what is for us. And God Almighty is for you. He is for you before the foundations of the world. He birthed you into existence in His mind and His reality. And He brought you to the place, the time of your birth. But God is for you. God is for you. And upon that, I just want to lean in and I want to bring these, these statements that Father has given me. So are you ready to strap your seatbelt in and let me download these eight? And this is not just for today. This is for today. This is looking ahead, 2030. Everyone say 2030. Say 2030. Here's the first thing. Number one, I saw many people doing their own thing and then I saw a greater coming together. I saw many people doing their own thing, and then I saw a greater coming together. And, and I instinctively heard the negative interpretation of this. I, this is what I heard. Tell me if this is what you hear when I say this. You need to shift from doing your own thing to having more unity as a body of believers. Anyone hear that at all? Because that's what I thought. And I thought, God, I don't want to start there. That's not, I don't want to start by slapping them around. And you know, yeah, I see many of you doing your own thing, but then I see a greater coming together. It's like you need to shift from doing your own thing to coming together. And God spoke to me so clearly. It was a couple of days later when I wasn't thinking about it. And God actually showed me His intended positive meaning of what He actually said. Because let me tell you what He said again. He said, I see many people doing their own thing. And then I saw a greater coming together. And this is what God said to me. This is what I meant by that statement, Steve. As a result of each person picking up the holy call and commission during the week to do their own thing that Father has assigned for you to do, the coming together for the corporate times will be so much greater. See, I interpret it, I see you as doing your own thing and I see coming together, so don't do that. God said, where do I say don't do that? God sees you in your workplace. God sees you in your family. God sees what you're doing out there. And God has assigned some things. And He says, as we do what we're assigned to do, when we come together, the focus is not just a limping over the line into the church. Oh God, I need something to go back out. But it will be coming together to celebrate what God Almighty has been doing through you in your week and in your family and in your business and in your life. And he also, second to that, by the illustration, Ray, of me gravitating towards the negative, oh, we've got to stop doing our own thing. And God says, I didn't say that. I actually, he, sh he showed me, I see you doing your own thing. That wasn't a negative, that's a positive. He said, when I speak, don't instinctively and automatically go to a negative interpretation. When God speaks, we need to say, Father, how does this look to you? And I've probably spoken that here before. With God, we need to know how this looks to you. God's been speaking to me about interpretation. Those that get my daily devotion, believing in you, you might have read it. But I need you to hear this. God showed me interpretation. We've made interpretation about our opinion. What's your interpretation on this? The very word in the dictionary, interpretation, has got nothing to do with opinion. It's got everything to do with explanation. And interpretation is only valid if it is in line with what the author intended. And I want to tell you, when we interpret what God has said, it is only valid if it's what God says 
and what God sees about it. And some of us have misinterpreted, which means we have got an opinion of something God has declared in His Word or by His Spirit. And He says, that's not what I mean. It's not what I mean. And we've allowed it to lay a burden on us that God wants to break off us today. God, I need to see what you want me to see. The second thing, number two. Yesterday's strategies won't work for today's victories. Yesterday's strategies won't work for today's victories. If Joshua had had up his staff to cross the Jordan River, the waters would not have parted. It worked for Moses because God said to Moses, do it. But God said to Joshua, send in the priests and the Levites. And what you worked yesterday, what was the strategy for someone else or in a previous season of your life is not what God wants to use for today's victories. What works today is what God authors today. And the language that God gave me is that yesterday's strategies won't work for today's victories. Does anyone have any area in your life that you want a victory in? Come on. I do. We all do, don't we? God says yesterday's strategies won't work for today's victories. Some of us, the, the breakthrough in the struggle is a change of strategy. And the word strategy means the art of planning and directing overall military operations and movements in a war or battle. Do you listen to that? Can you hear the language? There's something militant about it. There's something warfaric about it. But doesn't the Bible say we do not fight flesh and blood, but we do fight principalities and powers? We're in a spiritual battle. So I believe that God says, if yesterday's strategies do not work for today's victories, the question is, how does God want you to fight the battle that you are presently facing? I don't want to give you answers. I just want to put it down there. I want you to go to God this week and say, Father, what is the strategy that I need for today for the victory that I need for today? Amen. Number three. And all I'm doing, I'm just scattering this. I'm not spending long on these things. I just want to download it all. Future expansion is always to be a present reality. Future expansion, future expansion is always to be a present reality. Remember who we're walking with, God Almighty, that is never, ever not doing something. Come on. You might be ready to settle, but God said to me, settledness has become the enemy for some. That we're happy, we're content with what God has done. I'm thankful with what God has done, but I'm not happy and content to say, I'm going to live for the rest of my life on what God has done. He says, no, see, I'm doing a new thing. Come on, I'm doing, now it springs up. Do you not see it? And you can't see it if you're just settled on what has been. Paul says, there's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and I press on to take hold of everything that He has taken hold for me. It's true that we don't want to run ahead of God's plans for expansion and growth. We do not, church. But for many, when it comes to kingdom advancement, everyone say kingdom advancement. Sorry, advance, advancement. Trip you up there. Our tendency is towards caution and slowness. We don't want to run ahead, but to be honest, often we lag behind God's intention. And logic can lead to lethargy. Logic can lead to lethargy. I, I want to encourage you. 
God spoke to me uh, some time back. The very gift of a mind that He has given some of us is actually the greatest obstacle that's keeping us from Him. Do you know the primary reason God gave you your logical brain, the ones of you who had that logical mind in here that has now become a hotbed um, for questioning and maybe at times doubting or maybe at times saying, I'm not moving until I have it worked out. You, you, you know who you are. I'm speaking to you right now. Let me tell you the primary reason God gave you your mind, not to work it out, but to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. The primary purpose that God gave you a mind was to love God, not to question and stay stuck due to doubt, unbelief, or not working it out. Does it make sense? Logic can lead to lethargy. So let's not be, until I understand, I'm walk, not walking forward. I want to tell you, God wants you running towards 2030, church. God, you want you running towards 2030 because I'm doing new things and I've got more things to do. And the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. That word lean on, that phrase lean on in the Hebrew means do not rely upon it, uh, lean upon it to support your strength like one walking on a walking stick. Don't let that be the thing that holds up your life. Don't let that be the thing that holds up your faith, but rather in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. God wants us to have a mindset of let's step into the more, Lord. The fourth thing, you doing okay with this? Number four is I saw rows of mature trees. Everyone say mature. I saw rows of mature trees in perfect formation. Anyone ever seen that? Rows of mature trees, perfect formation. Uh, in Victoria, Melbourne, Victoria, where we were from, there's a lot of vineyards around there. And sometimes when you're driving down, I'm, I'm dumbfounded how the heck they got these lines of trees that go over acres and acres so straight. Has anyone ever seen that? I'm thinking, did you have a ruler that you went down here? And, and for some of us that are so, you know, we like every, you list people, you know, we go, that is that is gold right there. And then I saw that as a picture, but then I and then I saw the next scene and I saw a whole bunch of mature trees that had no formation at all. They were like where someone just scattered something and that's where they grew up. Some of you that's going to do your head in, right? Some of us want the formation, some of us want no, let it be free, let them be free. And I was a very aware of conversations about which is correct. The straight lines, the formation, perfection, or the fact that there was trees just wherever they were growing up. And an awareness of the conversations, which is correct. And I felt God say, neither is right or wrong, they are just different. This is so important in our lives because some of us have been derailed by differences and we've labelled them wrong. When it comes to some things that we believe, when it comes to some things in our lives, we need to understand that it's not always about right or wrong, but it's about different. And you're coming into a time when it is essential for kingdom purposes to identify and focus on what is right and what is wrong, and not what is simply different. And the Word of the Lord to you is this, do not fight about differences. 
Here's the truth for me, and I know it is for you, if you're honest. If we were living in the times of the Bible and we saw many of the things God would did, we would say, that's not right. That's not right. You don't speak through donkeys unless you're on Shrek. You, I mean, you don't spit in mud, slap it on someone's face. You, you don't, there's things that is just not right. There's things around the world in the body of Christ with ministers that I've seen on YouTube. We're on such an online. And can I encourage you to be a wise filter of what you feed on? Not everything you see that says this is truth is truth. We need to have the discernment what is right, what is not right. But we also equally need to have the discernment when something is different and you wouldn't do it. It doesn't make it wrong. There are many people I've seen minister on the, uh, on the internet over the years gone past and in person where I, something in something goes, man, I wouldn't do that. And my instinctive thing is to say that's wrong and to write them off and walk away. And God has challenged me so much. If it is against the Word of God, if someone is preaching, there are many ways to the Father. Oh, Jesus and Buddha and Krishna and, and whoever else you want, they're all ways to the Father. I'm sorry, that's not different. That's wrong. Can I hear an Amen. But many of the expressions, come on, expressions may be different to what I would do or what I'm comfortable with. And you're coming into a 10-year period where some of the expressions will be different to what you like or what you're comfortable. But if it is not against the Word of God, then don't put it in the wrong basket. Say it is different and praise God for different. Are we all right? Jesus healed people many different ways. And I think it was, there was so much intentionality beyond it. He didn't heal them just one way. He didn't just always lay His hands on people and pray a formulaized prayer. And sometimes we narrow down to that and we see people praying for people in ways that we go, why are you doing that? That's, don't do that. Don't do that. Hang on. He healed people by laying hands. He spoke a word. People touched Him. He rebuked the evil spirit. Come on, bring in the apostles. Peter's shadow touched. They sent a handkerchief somewhere. Come on. He sent a word. There are so many different ways. And I think he's saying, let's not narrow it down always to right and wrong when it comes to expression. Some people just like it quiet in church. Praise God. Some people like it loud in church. Praise God. But don't you dare say that quiet is spiritual and loud is not. And don't say loud is spiritual and quiet is not. Because the God that says, praise God with all. Come on, I'm going to make a loud noise, rejoicing praises. Also says, I want to lead you beside quiet waters. I want to restore your soul. Come on, be still and know that I am God. Which one's right? Yes, both. You're going to flourish and thrive in your life and in this church if we lay down differences. Come on, I'm hammering this much more than anything, any other meeting, aren't I? Because there's need in here. You're fighting over differences and God says, slap yourself and grow up. Oh, maybe that was a paraphrase, but it's just like, come on. He wants, he wants us to celebrate differences. Aren't you glad that He didn't create only one animal? Aren't you glad that He didn't create just one face? Difference is different. Let's celebrate it. Ah, you guys wear me out. Some of you are sitting there saying, you wear me out. Different is different. Settle down. 
the disciples came to Jesus at one time and said, there's people down the road, they're not of us. There's preaching and they're not doing exactly what you're doing. You need to go and stop them. And he goes, no, you stop it. If they're not against me, they're for me. That is the word of the Lord to us as a church for the next 10 years. Come on, if they're not against us, they're for us. Amen. Are we doing good? What am I up to? Number five. This is pretty good. Uh, number five, God is taking you. Oh, Jay, I expect to hear you get excited for this one. God is taking you into a season of a greater demonstration of His power. God is taking us, church, into a greater a season of a greater demonstration of His power. But now I want you to hear the warning of God, and this is not a warning from a negative. This is a warning so that we can flourish. Don't well. On that note, don't take a warning from God or even a correction from God as a negative. It's a positive to lead you into greater freedom in life. Come on. A, 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 a loving mother that redirects a child away from a hot oven is, is, a, is a warning, is a correction, a direction. Why? To keep them free from the pain of being burned. Let's not misjudge what God is doing when He says, do this, but be careful about this. That is love, people. That is love. And the Word of the Lord is God has taken you into a season of greater demonstration of His power, but He says, don't be scared of it and don't try to control it. Don't be scared of it and don't try to control it. Be spirit-led and spirit-submitted. There is a connection between the level of freedom and the level of not having control. Some of us want to control everything, but we'll have no freedom. Will there be mess? Will there be people doing things that you go, what the heck are they doing? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Let's celebrate. This is what God says to me right now. Celebrate the fruit of freedom in a changed life and don't get stuck on the method that got them there. Amen? Someone said, preach it. I'm doing my best. Okay, number six. In bold and capitals, I saw kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. There is a need to understand God's kingdom. 2030. We're heading there. We're walking there, people. Friends, we're walking there. There is a need to understand God's kingdom. There is a need to understand. I said to the elders and uh, last night we we're together for a few hours and just talking and leaning. And I said, you know what? Good ideas can build good churches, but God's ideas build kingdom churches. We've got around the world a lot of good churches. We need kingdom churches. You might say, I'm not, that's not my language. That's not what I focus in. Let me tell you what kingdom means to God. Jesus said about John the Baptist, He said that there's no one greater than Him among those that were born of women. And it says in John chapter, in Matthew 3 that John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of God and He was the greatest. It said about Jesus in Matthew 4 that He came preaching the kingdom. We've got the greatest ever born in John the Baptist, he came preaching the kingdom. we got Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came preaching the kingdom. We've got Jesus in Matthew 6 when they said, how do we pray? He goes, I want you to pray like this. Pray to our Father in heaven that your kingdom will come on this earth as it is done in heaven. Don't just pray for the here and now and your needs, but pray God's kingdom comes on this earth as in heaven. If it's permitted on, in heaven, it's permitted on earth. If it's forbidden in heaven, it should be forbidden on earth by the people of God. 
He said in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness. Everything else will be added to you. And I fear at times we seek everything else. And God says, seek first my kingdom. Make my kingdom your pursuit. What is kingdom? On earth as in heaven, which means God, you need to reveal what this kingdom looks like. Can I hear an amen? And then they said, they said, when is the kingdom coming? And he said, the kingdom is not coming with observation. It's not a natural kingdom that you're going to see coming. I'm not coming to take over the natural world and Rome. And I'm not coming here to instill a natural kingdom. But the kingdom of God is within you. Come on. The kingdom of God is an eternal thing and it's a spiritual thing. And it is in the people of God. We are going to look back. Come on. I said over one of the elders last night, there are some testimonies a sign for you that are on the other side of some bold steps, some kingdom steps of faith. I want to be with you in 2030 Activate Church and I want to be standing with you, all of us looking a little bit older, but not quite as old as Ray, a little bit older. And we're going to look back and we're going to celebrate and we'll say, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done, Kingdom. I see a building that's blue. Don't disobey the word of the Lord. Different is different. Yeah. Some of you are lost. Some of you just woke up and said, oh, he's not too bad, actually. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. We need to understand kingdom. Come on. What I'm saying is this. In 2030, I Sally and I, we're going to be walking together with you guys. We're in this for life. I caught myself when we were talking yesterday about, um, I forgot the, the context, but I said, we're going to be doing this and that. Like I'm talking about here, we're going to be. And, I, and you need to know, for some of you, this is not overly a positive thing, but you're stuck with me and Sally and everyone. Yay! But I want, to know, I want you to know right now in the Spirit, I'm creating something in the Spirit right now. I'm going to be celebrating and testifying with you in 2030 about what God has done. But they, what God is going to do is not if we have a purpose of building a good church and it being about what we like to do or what others are doing. It's going to be connected to our revelation of kingdom and our pursuit of kingdom. What others do and what we like to do is not the measure for our acceptance. Is it permitted in heaven is the measure for our acceptance of something and its validity. Amen. Number seven. This is a time for greater international influence. And I saw a picture of many arrows going out from New Zealand to the left, to the right, up. the arrows going out. And God says the Activate Church is called to be a part of this greater international influence. And I see you training trainers. I see you leading leaders. I see you equipping equippers. And I feel God is saying that it's not for you just to go in there and minister to some people, but it's for you to go in there and to equip some equippers that will equip other people so that when you leave, the equipping continues. When you leave, the influence continues. When you leave, come on, the breakthrough continues. 
I sense Father is going to lay some different nations on your heart very soon. And I want you to be open to that. But I also saw some doors will open through circumstantial coincidence, not through intentional pursuit. Interesting language, eh? Some doors will open through coincidental circumstance, not through intentional pursuit. And I want to say over all of your lives, don't miss what God is doing because it came in the package of a coincidence. Some of us miss God because we're, so, we're getting here, we're going here, nothing get in my way. God walks right past us in the, in the form of a visitation and we miss it because we're focused here. Jesus encountered many people on His way to somewhere, on His way through somewhere, leaving somewhere, to the point where His disciples even were blind Bartimaeus when He's calling out. They even tell Him to be quiet. Why? Because Jesus is going here and Jesus is on a mission and don't bother Him because He has got a plan. And Jesus says, stop, no, bring Him to me. They tried to say when He said, let the little children come to me, they say, no, you're too busy. You've got other important things to do. Don't miss God. God, because it comes in an insignificant passage or a co, co, co thank you, coincidence package. Amen. I love it when people finish my preaching for me. I see you aligning with and partnering with some other organizations that are on site in other nations. Some organisations that are already there and Father's doing something, He's going to draw your heart and say, I want you to be part of this. Number eight, and then we're done. If we're going to get to 2030, celebrating together, I felt God just say to me right now, His view from 2030 now and His declaration to every single one in this room Every single one in this room is this. I don't want anyone left behind. Father's view and comment to every single one you sit in is, I want you here. And whether it be here, activate church, I'm talking about with Him, in the, walking with Him, alive in Him, whether it be here or He's fired you out to somewhere else. But if you leave, let God send you out. Come on. God says, I'm in 2030. And He just said to me, He just said to me so clearly, I don't want anyone left behind. So to the person on your left, to the person on your right, we need to be sending our spirit. Come on, we're going to do this thing together. We're going to be celebrating 2030 together. Amen? Here's the last thing. God said many things need to be done repeatedly. And then he gave me an example of the rubbish being collected once a week. You know, you put your rubbish bins out. Aren't you glad? We've been in our home for 20 years. I'm really glad that they didn't just connect at once. You wouldn't see my house now. Aren't you glad that some things are done repeatedly? Come on. But then he also said to me, some things only need to be done once and for all. And he gave me the example of giving birth to a baby. And can I hear some of the ladies say, thank God that I don't have to do that every week repeatedly for 20 years. Some of you think, I don't want to do that again. My question to you is, is it something that God ordained to be done repeatedly or done once? But I pray, God says, great, pray without ceasing. It is something to be done repeatedly, not just once. 
But I meditated on the Word. I've done that. He says, well, I want you to meditate day and night. Come on. You're transformed by the continual renewing of your mind. But repentance for a sin. Some of us are doing that over and over again. And God says, no, if you confess your sin, I am faithful and just. I'll forgive you your sin and cleanse you. And then I will remember your sins no more. I will remove it as far from you as from the east is to the west. And God says, some of you are still repenting for something 20 years ago. And God says, I heard you the first time. I moved on and now I give you permission to move on. But maybe you need to start meditating, not repenting. Saying, God, I, I ask that you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I might know you better. That's continual. You, you, you don't make a decision for God and then know God fully. You make a decision for God and start on an endless journey of God knowing you more.